Formula One is in focus for this edition of the KTM Summer Grill. Joined again by Speed Cafe's F1 editor, Matt Kosh, and on the line from the United States, Haas F1 team principal, Gunter Steiner. Welcome. Hello, guys. How are we doing? Great to have you um, on for this conversation with us. Let's start with a reflection, uh, a look back on 2023, a tough year for Haas. How do you sort of frame it or, or compartmentalise it, Gunter? Oh. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, 2023 uh, was not easy because the thing is we started off pretty okay, you know, where we are in the midfield, you know, uh, get, getting points in the beginning, having Nico there in the beginning, scoring points. And then we just didn't make any progress with the car. We didn't, uh, our developments, uh, we couldn't find any performance anymore. And that, that put us back because obviously all the other teams, uh, uh, they, they found performance in their cars. So we fell back and ended up uh, in, in P10 at the end of the season, which was uh, pretty disappointing to say the least. Is there any consolation that there was single pace, a single lap pace in the car? It, it's a nice thing to have, Matt, but uh, it doesn't give you any points, you know, because then uh, it, it's nice on a Saturday. It's it's actually, it's nice, but on the other side, it's also then on Sunday, uh, the disappointment is even bigger because you knew you were good on Saturday. You've got these highs and these lows, you know, which uh, uh, takes away mentally very difficult to digest, you know, so... Uh, uh, it's great on Saturday. Oh, I don't, I don't know. We were in Q3, maybe almost half of the half of the races with one car uh, at least. So it wasn't bad. But uh, the, the, the disappointing thing then was on Sunday when you when you are faced with reality, we just couldn't keep the uh, uh, the tires alive. I call it the degradation was just too high, or a lot higher than anybody else. It is probably worth um, just. Ref- you're not the kind to want to make excuses, Gunter. I know, or to sugarcoat things. But it is incredibly competitive in that group of which you are you are uh, racing at the moment. Is I mean, it's so hyper competitive is probably a, a better word for it. Yeah, but but the whole Formula One is very competitive. It's not only the group we are in because, as you said, there is no. It was always uh, the top three teams, the the midfield, and then the backmarkers. Now there is no backmarkers anymore. It's always almost difficult to sometimes as uh, some sometimes people of the midfield can get into the podium. Uh, you know, uh, Formula One is so close together. So it is close there, but as you said, it's not an excuse because all the other ones did better than we did, you know, so you have to compare with the, with, with that one. Not saying, oh, we were just a tense behind them. Yeah, but we are still behind them. So, uh, you know, uh, that is not the attitude. We, I uh, adapt to these things, you know, we just need to get better. Diving into your year a little bit more specifically, you had the almost a B-spec car arrive in, in Austin in many respects. How important is that? Because I guess on the track, we didn't see a lot of progress with that, but then that was never really the the intent with that car, was it? No, I, I would say it was the intent was, we realised, I explained a little bit, maybe I didn't do a good job before. We realised that after four months uh, uh, developing the car or potentially developing, we couldn't find any performance. You know, there was nothing in it anymore. And at some stage, uh, you need to say, we, we need to make a step backward to make two forward. And we changed the concept of the car. Now, the car we bought to Austin looks, uh, it's, it's the downwash idea behind it, you know, looks more like a Red Bull, while the other one was still from last year. And last year it worked, but this year we couldn't find anything anymore. So we made that decision trying to do something. But if you think about it, we developed that car maybe one and a half, one month in the wind tunnel and out came a car the same speed as one which was developed one, one and a half year. 
you know. So it shows us it is the right direction to go in. Obviously, we were a little bit late to the party here with that concept of car. So the other ones know a lot better how this car works in all these details. So we we are now on the catch-up game. And since we put that car in the wind tunnel or that concept of car in the wind tunnel, we make gains again, like you do normally when you develop a car. So that is the good thing. Can we make enough gains until uh, the beginning of next season? Uh, uh, we're making gains, but all the other ones will be making gains as well. So hopefully we can catch up some of it, but we, we need to develop pretty hard next year in the season to, uh, to, to, to because we have to make ground up still. You know, there's still a lot of ground to be made up to. Okay. That sort of leads us naturally to the, the, the challenge of 2024 for you in that, you know, you are headquartered in, in Charlotte, the car is designed in, in Italy and so on. Just if you can, in a more broad sense for our audience, just talk about that challenge of, of trying to be more competitive next year and, and, and getting that car in a position to do so in 24. Yeah, uh, I mean, the challenge is, uh, I think that all the teams have got the same over. You start with the, what we call new car, the next year car normally, July, August, you start to develop it and and, and you just uh, 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 focus on that one. We obviously lost a little bit. I wouldn't say we lost time because uh, we, we made the, the interim spec car, that car uh, we did for Austin, where we couldn't integrate all the things we want, we are doing for, not we want, what we are doing for next year because some of the things on the chassis cannot change anymore that late in the season. So it's the challenge. It's just like trying to find as much performance as possible from uh, uh, from the aerodynamics because, uh, uh, as you may know, we're using the Ferrari suspension. So, uh, you know, we cannot blame that for because Ferrari won a race this year with that suspension. So that is, that's again, is no excuse that that is not any good. So we just need to put our head down and work hard and try to make bigger gains because I think they're there because the other ones developed a lot longer. So uh, hopefully we, we can get somehow uh, beginning of next season again in the right place. But then also the focus next year is that we keep on developing and finding performance. Gunther, is there any consolation that this year, I, I know you said that single lap pace doesn't give you any points, but it suggests that there's underlying performance in the car and therefore that the engineers and the designers have a reasonable grasp on the regulations. Is that any consolation knowing that you've made this progress with the, the B-spec car, so to speak, looking to, to next year? Does that give you any optimism going into next year that it seems like the guys understand the rules? Yeah, no, no. I, I, I think uh, it is good that you know that when it is needed, we, we, we need to sort wanting out that is making the tires last you know that is our biggest things and i think we understood uh, uh, it is partly aero partly brake cooling what we need to fix for next year it is good but also what it gives us matt is uh, when we have a good car we can deliver you know the the, the, the performance uh, we took out of the car in qualifying we normally got the best out of the car i wouldn't say all the time because nobody's perfect and the other nine teams are also very strong but when there was an opportunity, we always took the opportunity and get the best out we could. So we need to fix the car. And then I think the team is in a good state that we can deliver then, you know, deliver points for the team because we, we can uh, uh, manage the car once it is on the track very well. So that is, we have got a good team there. We need to fix this inherent problem with the tyre degradation. And then I think we're in a good place. But as you said, it's encouraging that we say, in qualifying, we can get whatever is in the car out of it because we made it into Q3 quite a few times. The Formula 1 fans will get to see exactly the same grid in terms of drivers next year. It's a, it's a rare scenario where we don't 
um, change that up in uh, in 2024. How important is it for you and where you're going with the team that you have, the experience and stability of the two drivers uh, that you have staying with you again for, for 24? It's pretty boring, no driver change. So <laughs> yeah, very. You know, what, like, what is happening here, you know? Completely 100% stable grid. I mean, it's wow. But uh, anyway, no, for us, uh, uh, you know, the experience, thank Thanks God we had the experience in the car this year with the drivers being experienced because at least we were not in doubt that the driver is not good, you know, because the driver contributed. We know what they can do and they are known quantity, not only to us, to the whole world. So we didn't try to blame all oh, the driver didn't do a good job and uh, what we have to change. No, we know exactly what to change. Obviously, we still have to change things. But at least we know what we need to change, and it isn't the drivers. And they have brought what we expected, or Nico has brought what we expected from him, just bringing bringing us this maturity. Uh, uh, he has got, you know, and uh, pushing very hard the team to go in the right direction. He's the big help on that one because obviously he has credibility because he is a good driver. He's well known as a good driver, so that helps us a lot. And going into next year with the same uh, driver pairing. It's uh, something, at least something we don't have to worry about. We've got a lot of other things to worry about, but not that one. Is the fact that Kevin Magnussen and Nico Hulkenberg preferred one car versus the other, Nico, I think, preferred the older car and and Kevin the the newer car, is that a concern that they seem so different in their preference for for what the car delivers? Uh, Not really a concern at the time when we decided. It's just, just like they were very adamant what they want, you know, and uh, uh, Kevin just didn't like, I call it now the old car, they are both old now, but uh, but, but the launch car, uh, Kevin just, I, I almost say hated that car, of the behavior of the car, but uh, obviously the the upgraded car wasn't any, was not a lot or any better uh, performance-wise, but he liked the driving better, so at least we know in which direction to go, and, and Nico just said, he struggles with the, uh, with the upgraded car. So at the time, we had nothing to lose. And there's no point to, uh, you know, people said, oh, did he do it to get data? No, we had data more than enough between the two cars. So it's just like, what is the driver feeling most comfortable with it? And where we've got the big chance, at least make them happy. And maybe we learn something more out of it, how the car should behave or what we need to design into it. That's why we did it. But, uh, uh, you know, it's one of these things. We could have made a science out of it, which car to use. I went with the gut feeling of the driver, said, guys, you can pick and choose, you know. I'm not standing in the way of here saying this is better or not because they both were not good enough in the end. Mm. Gunter, broadly speaking, how is Haas travelling? I mean, the cost cap has arguably done a lot of good for the sport. How has that helped Haas and so on? I think in in, in general, uh, without the cost cap, I think Haas wouldn't be here anymore. And so would not a few other teams. Uh, because the, the gap just got too big and it was all about how much money can you spend. So that was a very good thing. How are we traveling as a team? Obviously, uh, when we came, because 2020 and 21 were very tough years for us because we didn't know if we were staying around in Formula One or not. But in 22, from where we were, we came back, I wouldn't say mega strong, but fairly strong. And then obviously we wanted to build on that one. And in the beginning of 23, we built on it and came back good. But then, as I explained before, I I don't want to bore you again with that story. Uh, uh, it didn't go the, the right direction. But I think the cost cap in general, it is very good for Formula One. As you can see, uh, uh, the field in, in, in Brazil in Q1 was within eight tenths of a second. 20 cars in eight tenths of a second is quite an amazing result, which is 50 meters. 
everybody 20 cars in 50 meters think about it how close that is and that is i think just down to the cost cap and the more equal distribution of the price money so the teams are better or are closer together from the back of the grid to the front obviously it makes it more difficult to move up you know because everybody is the same but uh, that should be a fair competition should be like this one of the things that's changed this year and i say this year is at the end of 2023 in that the cost cap, there's the CapEx aspect of that, which has been changed this year. And you've now got a little bit of money in the pot, hypothetically, to to go and make some some purchases. Is there anything that you need to go out and get as a team to to catch up? Uh, I, I, I think the, the CapEx cost cap is a little bit overplayed. There was too much uh, uh, noise made out of it. Because uh, if you want to go and spend $100 million in one year, it's difficult to get that one into it. And then you need also the people to manage that equipment, which again is an operational cost cap, and you cannot do it. So it's, it's we have to be careful with uh, uh, what is said there. Uh, in general, uh, with our business model, we, we don't really need a lot more until we change a little bit our business model. And in the moment, for the short term, the next two years at least, we stay how we are and we lose a lot of the stuff we get from Ferrari. So for us, that didn't change. And, uh, you know, uh, for us, if you want to change business model now with the cost, with the capex cost cap in place or higher it gives us an advantage because we can do things uh, as well gunter time's going to beat us here uh, very quickly what will you be satisfied with at the end of 2024 i mean if you wanted to put a a, a sort of target or an objective on it what would you at, at haas uh, be happy with at the end of next season uh first of all not being last but being between six and p8 between p6 and p8 how realistic is that? Because the whole field's moving forward. We we know, as you said, that in Brazil, eight-tenths covers the entire field. Can you put into some sort of perspective the enormity of that challenge? Because I guess at the moment you're also flying blind because you don't know what everyone else is doing. Yeah, but everybody's flying blind, you know, so that is the, 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 to say on that one. But uh, where, where I go from, uh, when you look at, for example, uh, McLaren, where they were beginning of the 23 season, nowhere, and where they ended up being the challenger to, to Red Bull is quite amazing what is what is doable. I'm not saying that they're going to do the same thing, but it just to put it in perspective, a lot is possible with the cost cap. You know, you need to do a good job. It's not all about money anymore. Look at Alpha Tauri. The last five, six races, they came up strong and catched up very quickly and ended up in, a, in P8. You know, so there's a lot doable with the cost cap. I don't want to see always the negative. I, I, I want to see the positive. We have to use it and just work, do a good job. And that is what what we will try to do. Thank you so much for your time here on the, the KTM Summer Grill. Enjoy the festive season and we hope that the, the car next year gives you that result that you're, uh, you're looking for. Go well. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, hello to everybody down under. And have a good day. You could be a winner each episode of the Summer Grill. KTM are giving you the chance to win a bar stool, a mug, and this race-inspired clock as well. So there's more good reasons to tune in and hear from some of the stars of world motorsport here as a part of the KTM Summer Grill. All you've got to do is click on the link below, fill in your details, and you could be in the running to win.